how do we sift through everything that's clamoring for our attention and find the truth? How do we steer clear of lies and deceptions? Important teaching we all need to hear. And here's Pastor David. Be careful how closely you align yourself with the Clintons and the Obamas and the Bidens and the Trumps and the whatever and the whatever and the whatever and the whatever of this world. Be careful, please. Because when the unbeliever looks at you, they're looking to see what it looks like to be a Christ follower. They're looking to see what his church looks like. And if you're making excuses for every person coming and going because you think they're going to give you what you want, it makes a difference, guys. You can disagree with me. Everyone is entitled to be wrong. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> just seeing how mad I can get you. It's a long service, and I'm just trying to boil it up a little bit. Listen, <laughs> we got to call out unrighteousness, even if that unrighteousness might get us to the end we want. Okay? King Asa was a good king in Judah for most of his life. It's a good king. He's doing the right thing. He's bringing back the temple sacrifices, getting rid of the, the idols and all that kind of stuff. And, and so Egypt comes, and they got a million dudes and like hundreds of chariots, and they're like, we're going to beat you up. And King Asa is like, uh, that's not good. What do we do? Let's ask God. Let's trust God. Let's rely on God. So he did, and the Egyptians got their bottoms kicked. And, and Judah was saved, and they chased them out, taking cities and the whole thing. Later in his life, he got more practical. No longer was he having a problem with maybe compromising a little or coming up with his own way to do things. And so the kingdom of Israel, who they were doing all kinds of wicked stuff, comes up against the kingdom of Judah. You know, the kingdoms had split. And they're going to fight him. And instead of King Asa going, I rely on God, he took care of the million Egyptians. He'd probably take care of Israel, who's attacking us too. Instead of doing that, you know what he did? He sent money to the king of Syria, silver and gold. Here you go. Come save us. And for the rest of his life, he had wars because God wasn't down with that. This is what he was told by the seer in 2 Chronicles 16, this is verse 9, the first part of the verse. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Listen to this. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He's looking to step in for you. Be careful about saying, no, no, I'm pretty sure this person can do it for me. I'm pretty sure that person can accomplish God's will. When he's like, hey, I'm looking to come in and do a miracle in your life. And you go, but maybe I can do it this way. I'll come to you if nothing else works out. God is looking to and fro on the earth to show himself strong to those who trust him. He is big enough. God is big enough. You don't have to compromise truth or your witness. You're to testify to the truth. You're to live out the truth. We're not to become companions and connected to and stained by liars and power-hungry people and politicians and whoever. That just happens to be the one that seems the most popular these days. They don't do the Lord's work. The Lord does the Lord's work. And he's going to do it through you, his church. He always has. 
You want to see people, you want to see babies not get killed? Me too. Like you wouldn't believe. You know how I'm going to do it? One day at a time, I'm going to speak the truth. You're going to speak the truth. And young mothers who end up in a bad situation are going to go, I know it's true. And they're not going to show up. That's what's going to happen. Now, do I hope the Supreme Court does what's right and overturns abortion this next term? Of course. Of course I do. But my faith isn't in those people, nine people in black robes, all of whom went to like Harvard and Yale and don't know anything about what it's like to live like the rest of us. We're going to put our faith in them when I've got a God who took out a million Egyptians, who split the Red Sea and who saved me. And I'm going to go, no, these guys over here, they look, they look pretty smart. They'll take care of it. They've done so great so far. <laughs> They're the ones who did it in the first place. But sure, they're going to take care of it. Come on, guys. Where's our faith? Who are we relying on? We are people of truth. We testify to the truth and trust in the Lord. We rely on God, and God wins the victory. That's how it works. That's how it's always worked for the people of God. That's how it's going to work until he comes back. Soon, hopefully. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I hate the lies and the perversion and the sinfulness I do of the world. Trust me. I hate what it's done to me. I hate what it's done to those who I love. I love what God has done with his grace and mercy. But I'm going to speak against all of it, and I'm not going to compromise, and you shouldn't either. And by the way, I'm not remotely suggesting you might not be called into some of these areas. Of course, you should be actively trying to deal with these things. You should be speaking the truth. Maybe you're called to be a politician. I'm sorry if that's you. That's a bummer. Like... But God knows we need good men and women in every aspect of society. So if he's calling you to that, fine. But if he's not, maybe spend less time thinking about it when your neighbor is going to hell. I'm just saying we can't be tribal other than the one tribe that we're a part of, the kingdom of God. We're aliens here in this world. As Christ followers, we have to see every person, not as an enemy, not as the member of another tribe, but you know what we see them as? Someone who Christ loves and desires, as we read, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what we see them as, and we love them. So let's think about how to avoid lies and liars. I'm going to rock through this as quick as I can, okay? Um, and when I say quick as I can, you know I can't go that quick. So first, first thing, you want to know truth? Pray. Pray. Pray that God will give you wisdom, insight, and discernment. Pray that Christ will implant his truth in you. That the Holy Spirit will give you the ability so to see lies easily. I've noticed the longer I'm in Christ, the easier it is to spot them. I can see them from further and further away. Second, please learn what a good source looks like. Learn what a good source looks like. If it contradicts scripture, easy, it's a lie. Okay? Easy. How do I know that? Because Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. God verified his word when he raised Jesus from the dead. That's it. So if it's contradicting scripture, it's a lie. You don't have to think about it anymore. That's an easy one, okay? Don't be like, but maybe scripture's wrong, or I can interpret it this way. Don't go down that road, the progressive Christian road. That ends in nonsense, as we've talked about already. Ask yourself some questions when you see a video or read an article, okay? Here's some questions that I think are good. Where did this come from? Is this person known to be truthful, this author? Does this person mention any other reputable sources? What does this person gain from giving this information? 
Does the title of this article suggest it's an unbiased, thoughtful piece? Or does it say something like, so-and-so owns another libtard? Okay? Because if that's the title of the video, you're probably not getting the best information. What you're getting and what most stuff that's out there is, is entertainment, not knowledge. Most of these people who are on the internet, who are giving you stuff now, you have to understand this, and you know this to be true. This is how they make a living. The better that they can get you to look at their stuff and click onto it, the more likely you are to see the ad that makes them money. That's the way it works. Be careful about people who are driven primarily by that. Doesn't mean they're always wrong, just be careful. Then ask yourself, are there sources that contradict this information? Are the authors of those sources truthful and reputable? Can I verify any of this myself? If we did that, I think we'd see a lot less of the kinds of posts that you all are familiar with that aren't true, but that you think are true. Be careful with your sources. Third, this is a really important one. Run it by one or more people who you know to be good at discerning truth and thinking well. Notice that I did not say run it by one or more people who agree with you on everything that you think. Don't do that. Don't run it by people who are sure to agree with you. We're all subject to things like finding information that repeats back to us what we want to hear. All of us are subject to that. We're people. We're humans. Find trustworthy brothers or sisters in Christ because those are the only people who have the Holy Spirit and the truth who will challenge the information for trustworthiness and truthfulness so that you know that as you start to believe things, that the things you believe are likely to be true. Remember, you're trying to build those goggles that you're looking through in your worldview with truth. You need help in that. Number four, do not assume that you know more than you do. This is a problem for some people. It's been a problem for me in my life before. Romans 12, three. For I say through the grace given to me, Okay, which means probably he had this problem and grace had to be given to him, right? I don't know. I'll ask him. Um, not right now, when I die. To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Learning truth takes humility. You cannot do it without humility. You have to believe that other people might know something that you don't know in order to learn anything. We're humble before God. We're listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit who's going to lead us into all truth. That's a humble practice. Try to know how many things you don't know. Most of the things in the world, newsflash to some people, you don't know. Because there's a lot of things to know. God made the body of Christ to be diverse, different gifts, different things that you know, different things that he knows, different things that she knows, and it works together. You don't know everything. If you have a hard time saying, and you just ask yourself this question, do I have a hard time saying, I don't know? Do I usually try to at least find something I can say about it and whatever? Do I have a hard time saying, I don't know? If you do, you probably think of yourself more highly than you ought. Deal with it. All right. Knowing a lot, by the way, is not what makes you valuable or important. Knowing Christ is the most important thing. Okay? Number five, do not be emotionally driven. Do not be emotionally driven. People rarely make good decisions when they're emotional. When you're trying to discern what's true and what's not, if you're emotional, you're not going to be as good at it. Particularly when the, those emotions are anger or fear. And by the way, purveyors of falsehoods often play on anger and fear. You've seen it in the mainstream media, right? They want to lie to you. They're likely going to start by trying to trigger your anger or your fear. By the way, other parts of the media do that too. But they know if you do that, you're less likely to think critically about what you're being told. James 1, 19 through 20. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, 
Listen, put our listening ears on. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You're not going to be doing righteous things and thinking righteous things if you're angry all the time. Do not find sources of information that are designed primarily to create anger or fear. Don't do it. That's how propagandists have gotten people to believe horrible things and do unrighteous things. Okay? That's how they've gotten people to do atrocity is they get them to fear some other group, some other thing. They wind them up. They're no longer thinking critically about what's true. Number six. This might be the most important one for some of us, for most of us. I know lots of people, by the way. It comes with my calling. And I've seen this in a lot of people. Do not be distracted from the mission. You don't need to be involved in everything. I know Christ followers who are very passionate about, say, politics, for instance. On both sides, by the way. Very passionate. They, they like this candidate. That one likes that candidate. Uh, okay, I get it. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying there are Christians who believe both, both sides. I admire the passion. I really do. These people are often built to be strong warriors of Christ. That's why they're passionate. Okay? That's a good thing. We should all be strong warriors of Christ. But to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. This is the problem. What I mean by that is that to a warrior, sometimes no fight is a bad fight. Right? If you're a warrior, sometimes maybe you're looking for a fight. Question is, is it your fight? Warriors are going to warrior, right? That's how they're going to roll. That's who they were made to be. But God has battles already identified for you to fight. We're not called to fight against people, remember, but against darkness. We're bringing truth into darkness. If you've started to hate people who believe certain things or who advocate for certain things, if you've started to look at people, certain people as your enemies, you've let that warrior instinct go too far because we certainly haven't been called to that. Love your enemies. If they're your enemies, all the more you're called to love them. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who persecute you. No room for it. You're fighting darkness, not people. Your battle is against the powers of darkness in the power of the Holy Spirit. You've already won. We're already more than conquerors. Okay? Yeah. So be careful about getting distracted. If you've spent more time in the past several months and years focused on whatever the political issue is of the day, then you have spent on your knees praying for your neighbor who's struggling with alcoholism, who's struggling because they can't pay the rent, who's struggling because they don't know Jesus, and you've spent more time worrying about these other things. You're distracted because the mission's out on the wall. The goal is clear. Sometimes it doesn't matter if something you read on the internet is true or false or makes you mad because it's not your fight. Be careful. Focus on the mission. Do not be distracted by shiny things along the way because we need you. All of you. All of you. We have enough to do without finding every place where we can disagree or even every place where we can be right. There's a lot of places where you can be right, but you don't need to. We need to focus on the fact that people are walking lives walking through their lives as spiritually dead and going to hell, and they need Jesus. <sighs> be careful. I'm just going to say this pretty quickly. Be careful about censorship. I know there's a lot of people, there's a big movement right now 
to get people to fight against the public schools. Now, should you fight against public schools? Probably. They're dens of wickedness, okay? But be careful in that fight of finding things. The big thing now is like critical race theory, right? Or sex education. And we want to storm the, the uh, whatever you call it, uh, school board. We call them a school board. We want to storm the, storm the school board meeting and you know, rip off everyone's masks and tell them that they can't do this and do the, fine. But here's the thing. That battle is lost. It's over. It's been over. It was over when I was in school. And if the way you want to win the battle is to start censoring what people can say, I'm just going to tell you something because this is the benefit of you having a lawyer for a pastor. It's not many benefits, but you have this one. (laughs) You go in there and we start censoring saying, you can't teach this, you can't teach that, you can't do that. That is censorship, whatever you want to call it. It's censorship. When we do that, we take the First Amendment of the Constitution and we start to grind it up a little bit. And if the church ends up, you gotta be, we got to be smart. We're supposed to be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. We're supposed to be smart, strategic. If we go in and start censoring, I can tell you what happens next. Because you probably can't see because you're angry. You're frustrated. They're teaching falsehood. Yeah, they've been doing it for a really long time. If you go in and you censor and the First Amendment gets crushed a little bit, I can tell you that the long end of that is that the world will come back and go, oh, censorship? Oh, the First Amendment's no longer valuable? And the next thing you know, we're not going to be in this building. We're going to be worshiping somewhere in secret in some place somewhere, waiting for the government to come arrest us all. Because once you grind the First Amendment a little bit, you grind it all the way down. The First Amendment is there so that people can say things that you don't like. Just so you understand. Do it if you want to do it. But I'm just telling you, I've, I've studied a lot of constitutional law. I've studied the Supreme Court for years. I understand these things. And I can tell you that it's a bad play. It's a bad play for us to go in and start trying to censor what the, the government is doing or what anyone is doing. We want to be able to speak what we, what we say is true here. They're going to speak what they think is true there. And if you get, them to, if you, if you get the rules to say they can't do it, they're going to do it anyway. Okay? Don't fight battles. Don't fight battles that are going to take massive amounts of time and at the end are going to be a Pyrrhic victory. Pyrrhic victory meaning it wasn't worth the fight. Be careful, please. Be smart. The, the important thing here is that we're people of truth. We're going to seek truth. We're going to live truth. We're going to know truth. We're going to know more and more truth. We're not going to be friends with the world. Okay? James 4.4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Later in the book of James, he says, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord soon. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Listen, brothers and sisters, I love you. I love you. Let's live in truth together, but let's be patient. And remember that the battle belongs to the Lord. It's his truth. You don't have to agree with me about everything I say, okay? You may say, no, you know what? I feel like I'm really called into this fight. Fine, do do that if that's what God's calling you to do. I'm not telling you not to do what God's calling you to do. I'm just telling you what I've seen. I've seen a distracted church, and the more that I see the church focus, the more people I see saved and baptized and moving forward. So let's minimally, let's stay focused, and let's stay truthful, and let's not stain our witness with lies. 
a powerful lesson, wasn't it? And I hope today's teaching has helped you focus in on what's really important. And if you're blessed by this kind of no-nonsense Bible teaching, let me invite you to join us here at Acts Church in Vancouver, Washington. Easy directions and all the info you need are just a click away at actschurchnw.org. Hope to see you this Sunday. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out more from Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate. Contemplate.